Steroids must be one of the most commonly prescribed drugs to dogs and cats, probably behind antibiotics and anti-inflammatory painkillers. But there's a few things that you need to know if your pet is taking steroids or if you're thinking about pursuing that line of treatment. But before we get into those, I'm Dr. Alex. This is the Our Pets Health podcast, where my aim is to bring you weekly pet health topics, all designed to help you and your pet live a healthier, happier life. So make sure you're subscribed if that's something that you're interested in. And if you have listened before and you are subscribed, and you enjoy what you hear every week, I'd appreciate it so much if you could head over to iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on to leave me a little review. It helps more than you can imagine with other people finding this podcast. And you can also head over to ourpetshealth.com slash review um, to leave me your review or testimonial there. Like I say, it helps so much with people just knowing that the information that I'm giving is helpful, useful, and can be trusted. But anyway, let's get into the episode where I talk all about steroids, prednisone, and prednisone alone in your dog and cat. Is your pet on steroids? Seriously, prednisone is a super common drug that has been used to treat almost every imaginable disease at one point or another. This powerful steroid can make a huge difference in a dog or cat with many different types of illnesses, but steroids can also come with the potential for some pretty serious or disruptive side effects, and this is what you need to know. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex and this is Our Pets Health and on this channel I help you and your pet live a healthier, happier life. So we'll start off by saying that prednisone and prednisolone, they're steroids or glucocorticoids. So that's the class of drug that they are and they've historically been used to treat almost every disease imaginable. Now not all of those are appropriate uses of steroids, we certainly know that now, but chances are you've come across um, a dog or a cat being treated with steroids. Maybe your dog or cat has just been prescribed them, or maybe you're taking them yourself as well. They really are that common. So like I say, they can be used in both dogs and cats, um, but there is something to consider here. So prednisone, which is often the drug that we're dispensing because it's um, cheaper than prednisolone, actually is converted to prednisolone in the liver. And that's something that cats may not be able to do very efficiently. So, you know, there's certainly an argument that actually we should be giving our cats prednisolone instead of prednisone. You know, certainly if we're finding that treatment with prednisone isn't working, in a cat with an appropriate disease, we may need to consider switching over. And really now we use steroids in four main kind of broad categories. So the first of these is that they have an anti-inflammatory effect. So they're used to treat and to reduce inflammation and that can be due to a number of things. Secondly, they're used for an immunosuppressive effect. So they actually dampen down the body's immune system. And you can imagine then that we use that to control um, different diseases like allergic diseases and also autoimmune diseases. So an allergic disease is when the body's immune system actually goes into overdrive and has an exaggerated response, you know, potentially an appropriate response to a foreign material, but it has an exaggerated response. And so we get things like allergic skin disease, so atopy, um, or food allergies would be another one. Um, and then autoimmune immune diseases are when actually the immune system goes haywire and starts to destroy its own body. So that can be um, things like immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, so where the red blood cells are actually attacked by the body's own immune system and they break down and a dog or a cat can become incredibly anemic and ultimately that can be, be fatal. We also get something called immune-mediated um, thrombocytopenia, so where the same thing happens but the body's platelets are destroyed. So the platelets are responsible for um, the blood clotting uh, and without those platelets then an animal can effectively bleed to death. So the second use of steroids is for the immunosuppressive effect. 
Next up, we have an anti-neoplastic effect. So we can think of prednisone and steroids as a kind of very crude, weak form of chemotherapy when they're used by themselves. Um, certainly in things, um, in cancers such as lymphoma, if we use just prednisone by itself, we can get a response potentially for kind of two to three months that can be a reasonably good response, although that quickly tails off and uh, cancer becomes resistant to other chemotherapeutic agents. So by itself, steroids, they're not a fantastic form of chemotherapy, but they are very important when we use them as part of a, a kind of a treatment plan as an addition to a number of different other therapeutic kind of chemotherapeutic agents. They make a really big difference. So they're really vital from that point of view. And then the final use is that we use them as a replacement if there's a problem with the body's adrenal gland. Now the adrenals are where the body normally produces the stress hormone cortisol. And if there's a problem with that, so we think of that as a disease called Addison's or um, hypoadrenal corticism where there's not enough of this stress hormone being produced we'll use steroids as a replacement for that it's not a very common disease it's something that we will see from time to time in dogs um, but yeah that's the final use of steroids so the dose of steroids that we're giving actually plays an important role in what we're using it for so if we're using steroids at a low dose typically that would only have an anti-inflammatory effect but as we increase that dose then we get more of an immunosuppressive effect so we'll use low doses of steroids for just inflammation but if we're looking for an immunosuppressive effect certainly in the in kind of when we're starting treatment we're going to use much higher doses to kick things off and then we'll taper that down as i'll come on to later so you'll appreciate from all of these different ways that we can use steroids that the conditions that we're using it to treat can affect a whole different range of diseases within different parts of the body. So pretty much every body system has a disease that you can use steroids to treat. So that's skin, blood, liver, lungs, and the nervous system. And so because steroids act on really every single body system, there are numerous side effects that really you need to be aware of. So the first and perhaps the most common, certainly when we're starting treatment and when we're giving high doses at the start of a treatment course, is an increase in appetite, an increase in thirst, and an increase in kind of urination. So the body is producing a lot more urine so your dog or your cat will need to pee kind of all the time and that can cause problems that's certainly one of the the big difficult side effects of steroids to to cope with and to manage because it might be that your dog is having multiple accidents overnight reducing their water intake isn't going to solve that because they're actually producing more urine reducing their water intake could potentially just result in them becoming kind of dangerously dehydrated. So isn't something to see. Now, this isn't a problem all the time, but it's certainly something to bear in mind. These side effects do tend to um, to resolve themselves, especially if we're able to kind of reduce that dose over time. But that's really gonna depend on what disease is being treated um, and what dose needs to be given. So other common side effects also include weight gain. So um, a dog or cat who's putting on a lot of weight and that can cause problems, again, with long-term treatment. It can cause lethargy, um, panting. You might also see vomiting and diarrhea. And then as we get into longer-term treatment, again, if we're having to keep stick with higher doses, we're gonna get things like um, a thinning of the skin, or a thinning of the hair coat and loss of the hair coat. So often you'll get um, the hair kind of thinning and falling out on the, the flanks, so the side of the, um, the abdomen and the chest there. Um, you can get intestinal ulceration, you can get kidney damage, there's an increased risk of blood clot formation, um, a worsening of diabetes maybe, you can get muscle wasting as well.
well. And then you can get something called hyperadrenal corticism, so Cushing's disease, which is where we're just having high doses of steroids for a long time. And really that describes some of the symptoms that I've just kind of discussed. So from hearing about these side effects, you can imagine that there are then kind of numerous different situations and conditions where really using prednisone or prednisolone or other steroids should only be considered with care. So that's not to say they should definitely not be used, um, but we should use them with care and think, are they the most appropriate thing or are they the only option available to us? So to start with, really glucocorticoids shouldn't be used in systemic fungal infections. So depending on where you are in the world, depends on whether these are really a concern or not. So often they're more of a concern in kind of tropical climates. We do need to be careful in many cases um, if a diagnosis hasn't been reached because steroids have such a broad effect actually using them when we're not sure of the diagnosis can mask and hide important signs of a disease which can make um, proper diagnosis challenging and could mean that your pet kind of gets delayed um, when it comes to giving it the most appropriate treatment for that condition. We need to be careful as well giving steroids with animals that already have Cushing's disease or hyperadrenal corticism. We also need to be careful um, in dogs and cats that have got heart failure or diabetes, if they've got other infections going on, if they've got existing kidney disease, and also if they've got intestinal disease. Though having said that, we do use steroids you know, very appropriately for dogs or cats with um, intestinal disease, such as inflammatory bowel disease, um, where that's effectively an autoimmune disease, where the body is kind of attacking, uh, the body's immune system is attacking the lining of the intestine. So we also need to be especially careful of using long-acting injectable um, preparations, especially in cats because a single injection can result in diabetes. Now that's really not going to happen very often, but it's something to consider. Although by and large cats are actually much more resistant to the side, to the side effects of steroids compared to dogs. So we often don't see a lot of these side effects in cats, whereas we'll see them a lot in dogs. Um, also, because of that, we need to give, because cats are more resistant, we need to give higher doses of steroids. Now that might be in part because of their reduced ability to convert the prednisone to prednisolone, but typically the dose is higher. So if you've got a dog and a cat who is on steroids, you might find that on a kind of per kilogram basis or a per pound basis that the cat's dose is higher, maybe even be twice as high. Okay, so I've already said a number of times that often we'll start off at a high dose and we'll tape her down into a lower dose. And that's because stopping treatment with steroids suddenly, especially if we're giving high doses for a longer period of time, so stopping it suddenly can result in collapse and death. So that is something that we call an Addisonian crisis because what effectively happens is the body gets used to receiving this extra steroid and so the adrenal glands stop producing cortisol, the stress hormone, um, in as much quantity as it used to be able to and it's not then able to respond quickly enough and so you can get a sudden withdrawal of the normal steroid hormones in the body and so we can then get collapse and death and that can come on very very quickly so we really need to be avoiding stopping treatment with steroids suddenly so unless you know and that and that goes for pretty much all cases unless we're only giving really short duration of treatment so if you're only giving tablets for a few days then really that's not something that we need to be worried about but we should instead you know for longer term treatment we should be slowly tapering the drug off so never stop treatment suddenly unless directed to by your veterinarian you know follow the label instructions um, and you know follow those to the letter if you're having problems if your um, dog or your cat will suddenly not take the medication then talk to your vet 
And then really, you know, monitoring, we're talking about side effects, well monitoring really depends on the disease that's being treated. So long-term monitoring generally often involves watching for the development of the side effects that, that I've already gone through. Um, it can involve obviously monitoring the, the signs of disease and the recurrence, the kind of the recurrence of disease, so how effectively actually is it being treated. And we can also take regular blood tests as well, just to look at the, um, the health of the liver, of the kidneys, of the, the body's immune system, that kind of thing. So really steroids, they are an incredibly useful drug. They're vital to treat many different diseases. So don't be put off because of the potential side effects. Really, in many cases, there are no good alternatives that are really any better in regards to the potential for side effects. You know, having said that, there are some newer drugs that mean that there are better or safer options to use. And I guess recently we're very fortunate to have um, had the development of two drugs to treat atopy, so atopic skin disease, allergic skin disease, in the form of Apoquel and Cytopoint. So they are much more targeted, so they don't have this kind of broad brush effect on the rest of the body, and we don't see really the side effects that are associated with steroids. So when we're treating for long term, um, as is the case with allergic skin disease, you know, these are the better choice of drugs. Now that's not to say that um, the prednisone or the steroids have suddenly stopped working, and it may be that because of finances often, um, Apoquel and Cytopoint aren't open to your pet, in which case steroids will do a great job because we don't want your pet to be itching all the time it's miserable um, but you know there are other options and we should be thinking about those and really kind of as a summary the aim of treatment with steroids is to use as much as is needed but as little as possible and for as short a time as possible so that means that we'll often start off at a high dose but we'll try and wean it down even if it's long-term treatment to the lowest effective dose. And it may be that you can get away with giving your dog or your cat a lot lower dose than they were started on. That's still working and it's still doing the job. Okay, so I'd be really interested to hear your experience of um, giving your dog or your cat steroids in the comments down below. You know, what were they giving it for? What disease was it treating? You know, did they experience any side effects? Did that really cause a problem? I'd love to hear your experiences down below. But for now, remember to subscribe. And this is Our Pets Health, because they're family. So there's a lot to take on board there. Um, like I say, steroids are super common, but there are all of those things we need to be aware of. And it may not be the most suitable thing, but equally, it might be the very treatment that saves your dog's life, keeps your cat comfortable, or really helps them recover from whatever illness they're suffering from. Now, if you'd like uh, an easy to access, easy to read, quick guide to steroids, as well as a number of other medications, then I've actually produced a number of pet medication information sheets. And to access those for free you can download those for free just head over to rpetshealth.com slash medication guides and you can get all of that information if you're already a member of my newsletter and you can already access my knowledge vault then you'll find those over there as well so yeah head over to rpetshealth.com slash medication guides for those and until next week i'm dr alex this is the rpets health podcast take care <laughs>